The Giants are 2-8 and eight coming off the bye week. The week before that, they lost to the Jets in the MetLife Bowl, an embarrassing loss. The heat is on Pat Shermer. The heat is on Dave Gettleman. What will this team do to finish off this season? A lot of fans are calling for the tank, but these guys aren't about that. They faced the Chicago Bears in Chicago this time, a team that they beat unexpectedly last year. The Chicago Bears, they're facing some heat of their own. A team with Super Bowl aspirations now doesn't even have playoff hopes. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be nasty. But let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Welcome to Talking Giants Chicago Bears Preview The Bears. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you previously recorded with my co-host, Danny King. Danny, we're coming off a of bye week. Me and you haven't gotten in front of a mic with each other in almost a week. I hope people enjoy the roundtable. Seems like we got some good feedback from it. Danny, how are you doing getting back into that football mode? I'm doing good. I enjoyed the No Giants week because they couldn't uh, ruin our Sundays. But I'm doing good. Yeah, that roundtable is fun from what I saw. A lot of a lot of people enjoyed it, so that's good to see. We'll have to do more of that in the future. But I'm doing good, and I'm just as much as I did not. I'm as, as much as I did enjoy not having the Giants last week. I'm I'm looking forward to finally having them back for the rest of this season. Yeah, it's it's like the it's both worlds because. Like you said, I'm looking forward to like this. Like these past couple of days, I kind of been like, "What do I do? Like, what film do I look at? Do I want to go do start this whole thing? Do I do this?" It's kind of been like what it's like you know Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights when he's getting interviews. Like, well, I don't I don't know what to do with my hands. But I also, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. Maybe uh, maybe I am. But from my the best ability of my knowledge, Wednesday Tuesday night was like the first night where I just laid on the couch and watched TV for like three hours, watched The Office. I think since before camp started with us doing three episodes a week and then game day and then nets and, and film, it's been nonstop. The bye week really is more important for us as content people than it is the Giants, to be honest with you, Danny. It really is. I mean, because now it's just another <laughs> six straight weeks of just nonstop grind until out of probably like the week after the Super Bowl because then right after that, then we got to look at the draft, free agency, so – as you said, there's really no off time. Even we're doing this for the fun of it, but obviously, but there's really not much downtime to do stuff we want to do because we got to keep pumping out content. You got your Sports Illustrated gig. I have to look at all the tape, get clips out for Monday. So, yeah, it's a grind, but we enjoy doing it. Yeah, it's fun, but it's like I said, man, it was like, like it's one of those things. We're like, mm, looking for the time off, and then you know, three days into it, it's like, man, I don't know what to do. It's like when you go on vacation. 
and on like your fourth day there, it's like you know what? I just want to go home and go to work. Honestly, I'm tired of being yeah, I know. At home. <laughs> Getting tired of being around, like being in a hotel room with my brothers. Like it's like, oh, this is why we don't live with each other because we get <laughs> on each other's nerves after three straight days. Um, so, so everything's going good though. We got the Bears this week going to Chicago, a game in which we won last year. Um, you know, we were playing a different quarterback. Uh, a lot that was, going a, to that it. was a great game to be at, by the way. I enjoyed yeah, that yeah. Being at the game. You were there for that one. Um, and we have an oh, I forgot to mention we have an interview coming later. We're gonna try and do an interview for pregame shows for now on. Um, although. There's not a single Packers content person who has their DMs or email available on their Twitter. Anyways, you got Robert Smith of Windy City Gridiron coming on later. He's a, a good friend of mine. He's yeah, been on Simple Man Radio a couple times. Really good. Like, the best guy in the Bears. Like, I, I had him on Simple Man Radio when this guy had 200 followers, and he's blown up since then. He's, he's a good dude. Anyways, we got some stuff of our own we got to talk about. The injury list is big, and it's got some names on it. So, Danny, why don't we start in the did not participate in practice on Wednesday. Red Ellison and Evan Ingram. Both those guys. Ellison's got the concussion. Ingram's got the foot. Danny, I, I don't think either one of these guys are playing. For for Ingram to be on a Wednesday after a bye week not practicing with that foot injury and Ellison on the concussion, like, if you're in, if you're not just not participating at all on Wednesday, I don't think either one of those guys are playing. I agree with you, but it, it, it's strange. Like, at the beginning of the week, it almost like, seems like Evan Ingram would play. But, yeah, now that he's not playing on Wednesday, it makes me very skeptical that he'll play the same with Ellison. And that just makes me feel even better that we brought Scott Simonson back and that no other team went after him. Or at least maybe teams did approach Scott Simonson, but he knew he would be back with the Giants. So I'm excited that we at least have a capable tight end that already knows the playbook. There should be no adjusting to that. The only thing he'll have to adjust to is being with Daniel Jones. But, yeah, I mean, Ingram, this was – we. Yeah, I mean, because right now this is more of an audition for all these guys because if the Giants lose on Sunday, they're eliminated from the playoffs. So the rest of the season, it's an audition that are you are you a guy that could be on this team for in the future? Will you be a future contributor? And Evan Ingram's injuries, as much as I love the guy and I believe he'll be on the team as I want him to be on the team, the injuries are, really are a problem, and it's not his fault. They're just freak things, but – yeah, I expected him to be back, or at least because he made it seem like he was ahead of schedule, so maybe this week is not the week. Yeah, and I, I got some tight end takes coming later in the show, um, a little sneak preview into who my giant factor might be. But yeah, Evan Ingram's injuries, they're starting to wear, wear on me. Where, you know, a month ago I was saying, listen, let's be patient with this guy. Remember after the Arizona game where he had the two drops, and everyone's like, we got to get rid of him. I'm like, listen, this guy is super productive. But it is starting to wear on me that this guy has had injury problems. He He's missed games in every year. Now, you know, his rookie year, he missed one game, I believe, and then last year, the freak injury against Houston. But it is it is starting to wear on you, and at a position where you don't need to have elite talent, um, especially with a guy who's not a great blocker. Like, it would be one thing if it was Kittle, where he changes the run game completely, too. But Ingram isn't doing that. You kind of have to work around um, his run. And they use him in good, uh, in good ways in the run game to where he can run block. But... Like you said, it's starting to wear on, on me a little bit. No, yeah, and I mean, yeah, as you said, these are just sometimes freak injuries that happen to Evan Ingram. But yeah, they, they start to wear you down and be like, is he really the guy we want to be on our team if he's just going to be missing time? Because, I mean, Evan Ingram, like, as much of a talent he is, 
as you said, you could go out and get someone like we have Red Ellison, who we we don't Evan Ingram. We like Evan Ingram because he can beat these linebackers, and he's like impossible to cover at times. But Zindrajar keep holding him out, and as you said, we can go get someone in the draft, get someone in free agency that I believe could fill that role. So I'm intrigued to see how he will finish the year. Because even though I do believe he'll be on the team next year, it's like, man, Kate, I just he just needs at least a whole season of being healthy, and it's just been a struggle for him to do that. Yeah, so let's talk about – I just want to talk about a – hey, what's going on, Lucy? I want to talk about a position group on the injury report. We got she, she, She's making like a guest appearance every episode now. I know. It's just it's a new place. She's just like, I, I'm, I'm being a part of the show. I'm the third mo- member. She used to be in the Silver Man Radio logo. We might have to – Make some kind of cartoon of us in the offseason. I don't know. All right, so anyways, the offensive line. Nate Solder, limited participation with the concussion, non-contact on a Wednesday. Full participation, John Halapio and Mike Remmers. Danny, Pat Shermer said uh, on Monday that guys wouldn't move, like there wouldn't be, like Nick Gates wouldn't be injected to the starting lineup if, if everyone was healthy. Now, does that make a ton of sense? No, not really, because Nick Gates was really good, and we'd like to see him against better talent in Chicago's defense and see what we've got in this guy going into the offseason. Um, when Mike Remmers is just a stopgap, and Nate Solder is someone who you can't really bench Nate, Nate Solder, but like he's probably gone in the offseason. This makes me think that Nate Solder's not playing, because I, I, I think that was just Patron in a ga- like gamemanship. You know, like you remember when Saquon's coming back, and he said, Oh, like, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. When it was very clear that Saquon was going to play. Nate Solder being on a non-contact on a Wednesday. Um, we've seen it every, every, almost every single concussion we've been through this where a guy's like, oh, he's, he's packing non-contact. Whether it was Tay Davis, um, and, you know, Sterling Shepard, obviously, and, and uh, Cody Latimer was one of them. Uh, I don't think Nate Solder's playing. I think Mike Remmers and Nick Gates will be the starting tackles on Sunday. I mean, even if they sold her, I mean, even if he gets to a point where they believe he could play, it's like, oh, just just sit him. I mean, I wouldn't have an issue because I, I, I'm i with you. I want to see what Nick Gates can do up against this Bears team. And then after I see him against this Bears team, I, I think we'll all be able to formulate an opinion that yeah, this guy's legit and he, he could be in our starting lineup next year. Or he played good in the Jets game just because they're the Jets and they don't have the greatest uh, defense out there. So, yeah, I don't think he's playing. I think the Giants, even if – I, I think they also just don't want him to play just because they want to see what Nick Gage brings to the table because Remmers, you could put him at right tackle. And who knows, maybe Remmers is the answer at right tackle because he has had a terrible year, but he hasn't like he hasn't blown anyone away, but he's been much Mike better. Remmers than, has been, Mike yeah. Remmers has been decent this year. He's been, yeah. he's, he's been everything we've wanted him to be when he was signed him, and probably some more in some games. Like the, the first game against Dallas, he, sh- he shut down Demarcus Lawrence, and there's other games. There, now, he had bad games like Arizona against Chandler Jones. Uh, I, mean, I don't. I don't see him being the tackle next year. Uh, I don't. I don't. I just think the Giants are going to address that. And I don't want to get too into that. But uh, what, I mean, what do you think about if Nate Solder's out? Do you have Nick Gates at left tackle, or are you sliding Remmers over and playing? You know, playing uh, dominoes. I don't know. I, I say dominoes put... is not the right word. I don't know what. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a, like hmm, that's an interesting one. No, I would put Nick Gates at musical left tackle. chairs, musical that, chairs. That, that, yeah, I would put Nick Gates at left tackle just because you saw him at right tackle on Sunday against the Jets. Put him at against uh, at a uh, what's that left tackle because last year when the Giants played the Bears, Khalil Mack moved around. So I would assume if that's the same way, Khalil Mack will be matched up against Nick Gates at a point. So I would like to see Nick Gates just going up against uh, 
Mack. So, yeah, I would put Nick Gates at left tackle. I think Khalil Mack is licking his lips hoping Nate Solder plays because Nate Solder plays with really bad technique. But Nate um, Solder did a decent job against him last year. Did he you know? I mean, Mack got a couple sacks, I think. No, it was only one. It was That was Chad Wheeler giving it up. Uh, that's true. But Nate Solder also sucks this year. So. Yeah, he sucks this year. That, that, that's still, there's still that. But maybe, who knows, maybe he would play well against a Mac. He wouldn't. I know. That was the one game that I gave you hope in Solder last year. And I'm not, I don't care how good of a game he has. I'm not falling into the Nate Solder. Uh, he stabbed trip. us in the back. Yeah, I, I'm not falling for it again. Um, I don't care how well he improved last year. He's not. He's he shouldn't be the starting left tackle in 2020. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see when those guys plays. I mean, they got studs uh, across the line. We'll see who plays. But Khalil Mack, I think Khalil Mack is really licking his lips going against this Giants offense, and especially with the way Daniel Jones likes to extend plays. Uh, and you know, defenses like the Bears' defense, as as deflated as they are, and their season's over, um, they love going against like rookie QBs like Daniel Jones. No, yeah, and as you said, Max definitely lick, licking a shot because he knows he can get to Daniel Jones, and he knows he can force a fumble because Jones... I'm also intrigued to see how Jones handled this bye week because obviously he went back down to Durham. He went to uh, his sister's soccer game at Duke. I believe he went to uh, his brother's basketball game. So obviously he did relax it, but also I would assume he did it. He, knowing Jones, he definitely also spent most of this bye week studying the Bears. So I'm intrigued to see how he... is. What did he do in the bye week? Did was ball security a main focus of him? Did he try to address him? And I'm very intrigued to see how Jones comes out of the gate on this bye week. See so his first bye week in the NFL. Uh, I actually uh, follow Daniel Jones's brother on Twitter. He only has 161 followers. His name is Bate Jones at Bate Jones 15. Um, he, he's never tweeted. He does really? have some like. He does have some likes though. Um, we were setting last... up, setting up for the interview with that quick plug. It looks like he uh, got on uh, Twitter for a couple day for a day in June. He had two tweets: "Y'all go peep before Father's Day," and then NBA regular season is too long. Frustrating to see injuries play this big of a role in the finals. Um, and then May, holy cow! And holy cow! Your brother gets picked in the top ten of the NFL draft. And even though you go to Davidson, a smaller school in North Carolina, come on, Trey, you're not too big time to offer Judson and Kendall. I, I don't know what's going on. Shout out, <laughs> shout, shout out Bate Jones, though. I follow everyone in Daniel Jones' life. Like I, It is my goal to become best friends with Daniel Jones eventually. The day you meet Daniel Jones, I think you'll probably have like just faint. You won't be able to handle it. Oh, you won't no. be able to ask a solid question. Oh, I'm going to play it super cool. And first question, I made this promise to our day one listeners that I'm going to ask them about those floaters against Clemson. Like, what was that? Was that a game? Oh, I remember that. Remember, I I made that promise that if I ever get to ask Daniel Jones a question, that will be it. That will be, he'll be like, oh, uh, uh, okay. He'll be like, why is he talking about my Clemson game? That I remember that. That was a funny thing. And I, I can totally see you asking that even like years from now. It will. I, I'm going to ask Daniel Jones a question. I don't ask him about that. But like, listen, was that a game plan against man coverage because their DBs don't look back? Because you did it a lot and they never look back. Anyways, other guys on the injury report. Janoris Jenkins, he should be back. Full participation in practice, you know, with a concussion. Jenkins, Ballantyne, and Baker should be the starting corners. And then Sterling Shepard was a full participant. The beat guys are saying it's a lot like when he was ready to come back before. Danny, I, I think Shep is finally making his return. What do you What do you think? I won't believe it until I, it's 1 o'clock and he's out there playing. I, I just can't believe 
Because after the last time, I'm like, oh, he's gonna play. He's it's all looking up, and all of a sudden, come what Saturday, the report came out. He's like, he's like, hey, I don't feel well, and he's back at the concussion protocol. So, while well, obviously he's looking good, we we bid down this road before. I'm not gonna. I I won't believe he's playing until one o'clock on Sunday when he's out there catching a the ball from Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same boat. My philosophy on this is. If Shep is one concussion away from, like, life-threatening stuff from having to retire from the game, then he should retire now. Like, I, I get that there, uh, like there's benefits from, you know, space in between. But if it's that serious, he should retire now. So I think if he's cleared and if he wants to play football for the New York Giants long term, he needs to, like, if he's cleared and ready to go, he should play. Like, you know, like, why not? You know, if 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 – Basically, my point is, if he's one away from from serious issues, then he should step away right now if he's playing that game. Um, so I, I look forward to seeing him play, man. I think he's the best wide receiver on this team. I get people are in tank mode, but that's just not how NFL organizations work. You can't just tank. This isn't basketball, um, especially when guys' jobs are on the line. You just can't do that. So I, I'm looking forward to Shep being out there. And Shep was Daniel Jones' best wide receiver when he was in. He had an amazing game against Tampa. Uh, against Washington, didn't do anything special. And then the Minnesota games where the two touchdowns were uh, misplaced by Daniel Jones. So Shep has been Daniel Jones' best receiver on this team. And it sounds like as well that this like whole situation hits Shepard hard. Is that like his teammates, like Shepard was like extremely down. He just loves playing football and not being out there. He was, it, it had to suck. And uh, obviously I, I, everyone cares about his long-term health, man. If he thought the right decision is to step away, I would support it 100% because concussions are no jokes. And he's had these back-to-back fashion. As you said, there was no spacing in between. Obviously, con- any concussion at all is not a good concussion. It doesn't matter if you have a concussion now and then you get another one six years from now. I mean, the effects are still the same. So I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure how- – why all of a sudden the symptoms came back last time i've never at least from my, my knowledge i don't remember a player getting cleared from the protocol and then getting back put back in the protocol like a day later after more symptoms appeared so i never had a concussion so i don't know what uh these things what how uh, symptoms that come up from it so i have a few yeah if it was serious i believe he would step away he would have a, he would have the talk with like his uh doctors family so i believe he'll be ready to go out there and play but obviously it is now in the back of everyone's mind that I, this is the second concussion this year. And, I mean, I do have my doubts of him playing again this year, but that's my own uh, thoughts on that. Right. All right. Before we go to the interview, let's talk a little bit about the Bears. They're, they were a mess right now. Um, they were A lot of people had them as Super Bowl contenders this year. Um, I, lo- I really love the Bears. I do. Um, when we were doing the Superman radio show last year, they, I, I, I would joke they were my stepchild uh, football team. I really rooted for the Bears. We had a huge Chicago listenership. Um, we had Bears guys on, you know, Robert Smith, who's coming on. We've interviewed Bears. They, they, This team was supposed to be a Super Bowl team. It was really all on the jump that Mitchell Trubisky was going to have, and he's regressed. He's regressed bad. He can't go through reads. It, this guy has struggled. Matt Nagy, like, Bears fans want his head. You know, I'm not watching every single Bears game. Um, but, you know, there's games where he's not running the ball at all. I mean, you guys thought it was bad when, you know, Saquon got 13 carries or whatever it was. I mean, there's games where they're running the ball five times with a bad quarterback. So they're in a lot of trouble. And defense, 
like as good as that defense was last year, it's hard for a defense to be that dominant two years in a row. History shows that that it's defenses r- rarely have those kind of dominant seasons two years in a row. But their defense has been really good. Their offense has just been so bad. Their offense has been so bad, Danny. Like none of their like, their Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, who they drafted. Their running backs have not been able to do anything. And then Trubisky has been the head of the snake of, of bad football. Yeah, the Bears have been abysmal to watch on that Sunday night game where Trubisky, I feel like he didn't play terribly. It, it was, it was just, the Bears just can't get anything going. As you said, Tariq Cohen got nothing going. Uh, what, what's, what's the backup guy? You just said David Montgomery. He ain't getting anything going. I, I don't know why the Bears offense took such a huge step back. I mean, obviously, it is all Trubisky, but, like, I it, I mean, Ryan Pace right now, the Bears GM, that trading up to get Trubisky looks like a huge mistake, and I'm not saying the Bears are going to be picking a quarterback this year, but it's going to have to be in the back of their mind that, like, he's for, right now, from what you've seen, he's not the answer at your quarterback, and... Matt Nagy, I believe he's a great head coach. I don't know why Trubisky has taken the step back under him, but I truly believe the Bears, at least maybe, maybe not this year's draft, but maybe next year, I have to consider drafting someone because Trubisky just doesn't seem like the guy. I mean, yeah, you got Chase Daniels, but he's nothing special either. So the Giants beat Chase Daniels last year, and that was with a decent Bears team against a uh, decent Giants defense, to say that. But yeah, the Bears, it's amazing how far of a step they take it back. And their kickers suck as well. Yeah, their kicker. I felt so bad last year for them and this year. I, I love I love the city of Chicago. I love Bears fans. Um let's uh let's kick it to the interview. We'll come back, we'll do our Giants factors, game predictions, some things we expect from the game. Um so here it is. Robert Smith of Windy City Gridiron, the best Chicago Bears content producer there is in day world. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day work. Play fast, play fast. Whoa. Ah. I right, now welcome on someone who I've gotten to know through, you know, Simple Man Radio, the national sports show I used to do. He does great Bears coverage for Windy City Gridiron, the SB Nation Chicago Bears site. Robert Smith. Robert, it's been a little while since we've talked. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing okay. You know, it's funny because the last time you brought me on, you brought me on in the midst of the double doink. And what I thought was so funny about that is I really looked across the uh, offseason and I said, this 2019 Bears season is going to be so magical and so awesome. I couldn't have picked a better year to start covering the Bears. And oh boy, Bobby, was I wrong. This has been a hard, hard year for Chicago fans. But it's funny because we are taking on New York once again. Uh, Last time we played y'all, it was a riveting 27 to 30 game that certainly didn't go the way that I anticipated it. And to be honest with you, especially given that Chicago fans right now aren't even sure which quarterback is going to be playing or if that's a good thing or not, uh, I have no expectations going into Sunday's game. And maybe that's for the better because expectations sure look to bite us in the butt over this last season. Yeah, man, it's and and we talked on some radio and, you know, we had you on around free agency. And then, and then like you said, the, the night of the double doink was the first time we ever talked. I was like, man, this is a rough way to to start off a a, a a business relationship. But like when we when you first started, man, it's it's cool to see you grow. Um, and you know, because I think you do awesome work. Like I I, I love your well, videos, especially you. especially in the off season when you're 
it's not as so much as week to week and you're looking at stuff like I learned stuff from you and you know and I played the game and I studied the game but I learned stuff from you but like when well, I first you. you had you on it was like you had like 200 followers and now I mean now you're up to you know basically 4,000 you're growing quickly in the Bears uh, community um, as you know there's a lot of people who try and do this and don't stay consistent man it's it's cool to see you like grow and move forward man especially since I you know we knew each other when we both were Nobodies. I mean, we still are nobodies, Robert, but now like, we're, right. we're nobodies with a few more followers. Exactly. I mean, it's one of those things that I looked at and I saw all the people doing different podcasts. And I mean, heck, I was doing a podcast. And I remember I ran across uh, a whole bunch of Anthony Miller footage and I thought I was going to do a podcast on him. And uh, I mean, it just didn't make any sense because there was too much footage. So I put it together as a video. People really liked it. I thought to myself, okay, videos are neat. And I mean, this whole thing has spawned out from there. And one thing that I will tell you that's pretty funny, Bobby, because I think this is amusing and it's something that not a lot of people see because they don't pull back the curtain. Uh, right now, my follower count, not that I pay attention to it too much, but it's hilarious because I keep losing followers for saying the wrong thing and then I gain some back for saying some other thing. And when I say the wrong thing, that's an, uh, it's a joke because we keep hearing, uh, I mean, in Chicago, obviously, uh, Bears fans are in pretty much meltdown mode, I would say. Uh, many of them are starting to hit the fire everybody point that unfortunately I know New York Giants fans are uh, a bit too familiar with, as are Chicago fans. But uh, a lot of people are hitting that point. Uh, to be honest, especially after this Rams game, I don't even know where I stand right now, but I'm super excited. Again, about this Giants game because expectations are off. We're not making the playoffs. Uh, and so we just get to move into that player evaluation state that's basically the offseason, but, you know, with weekly content. Yeah. And, you know, we're coming off a of bye week and I'm, I'm glad to go. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to enjoy it. And then, you know, I saw the beginning of the show today. It's like, I don't like what, do I, I'm, what am I supposed to watch today? What kind of film am I supposed to break down? I went through all the jet stuff. Um, but, yeah, like you say, with the, the losing followers, I, you know, I started doing the talking net show uh, when the season started. And, you know, mostly Giants fans are Knicks fans. And I lost like 30 <laughs> followers the first night. And I was like, I'm not even talking trash about the Knicks. I'm just. Saying I like the Nets and posting a couple of gifts in there. Hilarious, <laughs> but it's funny. It's like you get, I get, you know, we but we probably get bothered by that. But then it's like you know what? Those people didn't. Those people weren't listeners of our show. They're unfollowing us for saying one thing. If they weren't listeners or like really consuming our content anyway, so that's what kind of keeps I think me and you like saying what we believe instead of trying to appeal to the masses. You know, the masses can be right at times, but I. I you know, I always said when we did the Snowman Radio Show, the Bears were like my my like stepbrother team. Uh, so as much as it's killed, I know, but I, I love you guys. I love Chicago people. I think I, I maybe that's why it's because you guys are similar to New York in some way. But like you said, it's been a rough season. Um, Rob, I want to get into it. Let's start at the top, please. Um, Trubisky, what is going on with him? Is it is it mental? Is he not being accurate? Can he, is he just needing another year? Like, you see everything. You see everyone piling on him. Is that warranted and or, or not? So here's what I think, and it's complicated. And I'm sure your listenership is indoctrinated into properly evaluating a quarterback. Uh, so I'm going to just go full bore here 
But the biggest issue that I'm seeing Mitchell Trubisky have is his mental processing. A lot of people are saying he doesn't have it between the ears. And when they say that, obviously, they mean things like clutch gene. They mean things like, you know, winning, uh, hitting deep shots, not mucking up the moment. You know, all the little intangible stuff that people are crazy about Baker Mayfield about, even though Baker Mayfield, uh, he's not really having such a great season. I see the biggest problem with Mitch Trubisky, not just that he gets really nervous. And that's something that you can tell if you look at pretty much any time he throws into the end zone, he becomes a worse quarterback. Uh, But also, once he takes the snap, there's that moment that a quarterback has to make a decision. How am I going to throw this ball? Who am I going to throw it to? Two extremely important decisions that are influenced by how they read the defense, what they see pre-snap. Does that exist post-snap? How did my receiver trip? You know, things like that. And uh, to just because I'm on a Giants uh, broadcast and I'll brag about it, Daniel Jones is really good at this. He showed us that in the preseason. Uh, There's a two-point conversion. You and I were talking about pre-show where I remember against the Jets. He took the snap. He noted that his guy was in really tight coverage, but as he came across the left-hand side, and I'm sure you could name the receiver. I could not. He realized he needed perfect. (laughs) Uh, He noticed that he needed to float the ball over Fowler's shoulder, and he did so brilliantly. Trubisky's pretty much only throwing to people that he identified pre-snap. And if he's wrong, he's wrong. And if he's right, good. You got a decent completion. But the best way that I could put it is the numbers aren't lying to you. He's He's not producing over 200 yards a game at this point. And it's not a fluke. He's playing poorly. And no, I don't think Nagy is helping him out incredibly or tremendously but at the same time i still haven't figured out what's going on there because in 2018 trubisky basically got the kid gloves version of the offense and in 2019 he's being asked to drive the real car but he doesn't know how to drive it i don't know if he can at this point because and maybe you've seen enough trubisky highlights to know some of trubisky's best throws are gorgeous there's no playing around with that this quarterbacks are not black and white like bad or good he just doesn't process the game well enough i don't believe to handle this at a truly nfl level it worries me a lot i could go further but i feel like that's a pretty decent answer for now yeah and i remember talking with you after the packers game to start the season and to me like obviously you know this much better than me but it just seemed like he struggled going through his progressions. And as you know, you know, year one with John Fox, it wasn't even, you know, it was ground and pound and, and you throw on third down and obviously the bears weren't successful. And then last year, um, you know, they had success, but like you said, it was kind of like the kids offense, but now that like, I don't know if, if this is like on Nagy for, you know, possibly from what you're saying, like, this is a real offense. Nagy being like, you know what, like we need to win a Super Bowl, We need you to be this. And if you're not that we need to like move on. Um, that being said, now the Giants, they have James Betcher, who came in as a defensive coordinator. To He blitz, blitz, blitz in Arizona. He hasn't really done that, and that's been my biggest complaint with him, um, is that, like, yes, we don't have the greatest personnel, but when he's blitz and stuff, it's work. That being said, my opinion from the outside looking in the Bears is the better thing would be is to rush four, maybe five, and, and drop into zones against Trubisky 
I mean, what do you think, like, at for the Giants would be, like, the best approach to go after him? Just zone him up. I mean, just zone, 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 zone. I can't emphasize that enough. When you go man-to-man against Trubisky, you're going to end up with a game like what we just played against the Lions. He's going to look a lot better because if you pick one of these receivers, and now granted, I know Giants fans aren't going to be impressed with the names, but in terms of talent level, Allen Robinson's a really good receiver. Taylor Gabriel can win a one-on-one matchup and Anthony Miller, when he runs the right route, uh, is a very, very talented wide receiver. So when Trubisky just, you know, pre-snap picks one of them in a man-to-man situation, he's actually going to end up right a lot more often than he is in zone because zone makes him hesitate. And when he hesitate, he just kind of shuts down. At least that's what I've seen. Uh, I don't know how Daniel Jones's pocket presence has been, but Mitch's is not good. He'll often or he doesn't tend to move in the pocket at all. He steps up almost never and generally just escapes out the back, if that at all. And when you can make Trubisky sit in the pocket and think, that's when I think you've got him. And now, granted, they should also blitz. I've noticed a lot of uh, five man zone blitzes. They tend to work really, really well against Trubisky. Make him check it down, make him find, or especially if you can make him find a spot in the intermediate level of your defense, Trubisky really struggles with that. And I wish he didn't, because as I'm sure you know, um, it, a West Coast offense thrives on beating those kinds of zones. That's what you're supposed to do. So Trubisky's inability to do that has been pretty offense-breaking. Well, if Nagy can tell him to throw between Alec Ogletier, a middle linebacker, and Antoine Bethea, a guy I love, but he's just not playing well and he might I'd hate call him washed up but he looks washed up in that role he, he might have a little more success in the intermediate routes for you you know you said you know play zone you know rush five at sometimes is the o-line part to blame like obviously you know you can't blame the o-line for every you know people expect offensive linemen to have perfect games but is the offensive line getting beat by guys that aren't you know superstars It depends on the game's phase. Now, obviously, you're talking to me right after the Rams game, and I can tell you right now that backup lineman Rashad Coward lost almost every single snap against, you guessed it, Aaron Donald. And can we be surprised about that? No, not really. But the offensive line, and the Bears have kind of described it this way, they have been a carousel of failure uh, in that somebody will screw up on every play. You don't know who it is. Now, I think they're actually better at protecting the passer than they are against the ground game. But the problem is, is that, again, even against the passer, you'll get four good blocks and one not very good block. And if your quarterback can't move around in the pocket, he can't really keep the pocket clean. The Bears tend to throw under three seconds almost every single time. And a lot of that's because Trubisky's pocket presence has been pretty disappointing, especially given how mobile he is, because a lot of us, I know I did this before this season, equate pocket presence with mobility. They're not the same. Trubisky has shown that. I think the offensive line is better than they've gotten credit for against the pass, but against the run, they are worse. They're not very good. And a lot of that is because I actually think of the way that Nagy calls his runs, but I can save that for a Bears podcast. Basically, if you can shut down the run and force Trubisky to throw, I'll tell you right now, Bobby, he's going to zip some solid-looking balls in on 3rd and 10, 3rd and 9, 3rd and 12, but after a couple of series, I think you're going to see your defense get his number, and he's going to fail to convert a couple of those, and you know, all of a sudden, that's like 7 or 8 punts, and 
the Giants have struck me as a team that's able to score on just about everybody. So I'm worried, and I don't know if this is a segue you intended for me to take, whether or not the Bears are going to be able to match the Giants, poor defense or not. Well, I, I do want to get there. I want to finish off on the offense one thing. You mentioned Nagy and the running backs and, and the run game. Uh, last time we had you on actually was after the Jordan Howard trade. You know, Mike Davis was say, uh, signed. This was before uh, Montgomery was drafted. And then obviously, like, maybe your guy's best weapon in Tariq Cohen. Now, the Giants have struggled against teams that establish the outside run, like the Cardinals, like the, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, who you know pretty well. The teams that haven't had success against the Giants in the run game is the New England Patriots, who tried to pound it up the middle, the, the Lions, who tried to pound it up the middle. Are you guys, like, getting uh, Tariq Cohen out in space or Montgomery? Like, what's, what is that run game? And please tell me you're running inside so the Giants can win. Oh, we're running inside. That's for <laughs> darn sure. I mean, the bear, remember, Nagy's entire philosophy is a pass first. This is, I am like reading off of the script of the video I'm making. I wish I was kidding. Uh, but like Nagy's offense is a pass first offense that likes to run inside to try to beat the linebackers that are cheating back for the pass. If you stop cheating back for the pass, what you're going to notice, and if you watch the Bears' offensive line, you should see this. They're generally not very good on their combo blocks. So those are the blocks where you've got two uh, offensive linemen ganging up on one guy before they pass off to one of the specific offensive linemen and the other goes and blocks a linebacker. You're going to see a lot of those linebackers squeeze right through and hit our running backs. That's where if Nagy's smart and beats me to the punch, you'll actually see the Bears transition to more of an I-formation running approach where they've had a lot more success inside and outside. I don't know. Well, I think I know why, because the fullback will basically pick up that linebacker that's going to be free anyways. But and then that allows David Montgomery to be a bit more creative. But if they come out with the same stubborn running approach that they've had, you're going to see at minimum a quarter and a half of almost explicitly inside running. I'm talking even with Tariq Cohen. And then maybe they'll start getting outside the uh, tackles a little bit. But to be honest, our tackles aren't anything special when it comes to run blocking. And so you might have success there, too. Yeah, and that's the thing with the Giants, and that, that, that's a great transition to the offense. The Giants, obviously, Daniel Jones has kind of really made a name for himself. The fumbles are, you know, part of his pocket presence, and he almost seems too comfortable back there with Lisa fumbles. Now, Saquon, after his injury, has not looked the same. He's almost seemed like he's regressed every single game since the injury um, with the Jets game where he had 13 carries for one yard. He didn't look like he had any explosion at all. And there's a lot of complaints about, oh, well, they're not running him outside. Although they are, you know, they, you know, as you, me and you know, Rob, that you can't just run outside every play. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings do it, but you don't really see any other teams do that. Um, you know, you saw the, the 49ers did it, but uh, Baldy pointed out this week, without Kittle, they couldn't do it because they had that block and tight end. Um, now, like, what would you say, like, a team like the Giants should do to have success? Now, let's say Saquon's not 100%, so he's not – having those 22-yard runs on third and 23 like last year. And, you know, Daniel Jones with, uh, you know, some some weapons. Evan Ingram is probably going to be out. Some average weapons on the outside like Golden Tate and, and the young guy Slayton. Well, the first thing that I'll tell you that you need to do, and I'll start generic and then I'll get specific, okay? But the first thing that you need to do is you need to stop the Bears offense and get some points on the board. I wish that I wasn't about to say what I'm about to say, Bobby, but uh, the Bears defense will kind of quit 
if they stop believing in their offense. It's been that kind of year. And I'm not saying that that's an awesome thing. I'm just saying it's it's a thing. Go watch uh, almost any of the Bears game against the Rams, especially in that second half. And if you watch Khalil Mack, let's put it this way. Aaron Donald is dealing on every single play. And Khalil Mack kind of is not. But uh, anyways, if I was going to give you how to approach the Bears from a schematic standpoint, you got to be ready to throw, especially throw intermediate. The Bears will do this thing where they expect their pressure to get home, but that pressure hasn't been getting home for about three games. And so every, I'd say third, maybe maybe every fourth play, you'll see a, a play where Jones is going to take the snap and the Bears cornerback, one of them, oftentimes it's Prince of Mukamura, and I do not know why, is going to drop into kind of a cover three with the two deep safeties. And at that point, that receiver is going to get a ton of space. The Bears are a team that you can catch and run on. And then once you start doing, I mean, it, it's funny because basically traditional West Coast offense works against them, even though that's their offense. Once you get that defense to step up on the line and eventually take advantage of their safety. One of ours, oftentimes is Eddie Jackson trying to play low and close to the line of scrimmage. You can beat him over the top with a well-placed throw. I would imagine that would be golden Tate unless the giants have a faster, more common deep threat that I just don't have in my mental logbook. but that's what the Rams did. Uh, I don't recommend trying to run on the bears unless you think you're good at it. But if you're saying Saquon doesn't have explosion, that's fine. Because a lot of times you can beat these bears through the air. And by beat, I mean score, what, 14 points, 17 points? Like, that's enough. Yeah, I think we're, you know, it's almost like the, you know, the Spider-Man meme where it's like, you know, bear, I feel like Bears fans are coming into this game. It's like, yeah, our offense hasn't been great. But look, we're going against this really bad defense and the, and the Giants. And then the Giants are, you know, they're like, defense hasn't been great, but we're going against this really bad offense in the Bears. So, you never like, I feel like this game could end up being like 7-3 or 35-31. I think there's a lot of ways it can go. Um, mm-hmm. And your point about defense is quitting, like, you see it every single year with, and I hate to say, I, like, I kind of, I could almost, I didn't predict it, but you see it happen, like, with the Jaguars uh, the year before, right. where, you know, they have that dominant year. And then it's like, okay, Bortles, you got to make that next step. He almost, in a sense, regresses because there's more on his plate. And then, you know, once the team is down, that defense quits. And you just – you see it happen all the time. We saw it with the Giants a few years ago. Defense is very much to do with preparation and effort, where offense is more based on on talent. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you said, you see defenses with amazing talent like the Bears that should be the best in the league where, you know, they can, they can quit. Uh, Rob, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, if anyone – Likes to follow you. And I, I think, you know, in season, maybe Giants fans aren't going to be like tuning into your stuff. But I, I recommend all our listeners to go and follow you, especially in the offseason. You do some great stuff, like even like little stuff on, on breaking down formations and what goes out. You know, you could follow Robert at, you know, Robert K. Smith. You know, we'll, we'll tag you in all the posts and stuff. Awesome. Rob, it's been good catching up. Uh, we'll have to do something else in the offseason. Maybe we'll work together on some kind of project around the draft or something. Man, that'd be awesome. Time's way too short. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it, Rob. 
All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. Some of these guys got to get their head out of their ass around here. All right, thanks again for Robert coming on. I know he's a Bears guy, but go follow him. Like He he teaches some really cool stuff about football, especially in the offseason. He does some really cool video threads, um, like better than anything I do. I'm not saying that, like that as like just like kissing ass. He really does. Anyways, the Bears, what do we expect out of them? Danny? I'm worried about the offense. I don't care. Uh, like they have good safeties. Their corners aren't great, but it's that that front seven against this Giants front seven. Roquan Smith is so much better this year. Uh, our offensive line hasn't been great. Nate Soldier has been the weak spot, obviously. I'm I'm worried about them and with Daniel Jones. Pat Shermer has like this is a game on Pat Shermer. It's like you got to have a great game plan for Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm petrified of our offense going up against the Bears defense just with how poorly they've started out out of the gate. Uh, obviously, it's going to be good to get back Ilya Shepard and maybe Saquon. Who knows how much his ankle has healed up over that bye week period. I mean, last year, I mean, the Giants offense, I mean, they didn't look terrible going up against that Bears defense, but we also have to say they had the likes of Odell Beckham. And so he's obviously someone the Bears had to pay a lot of attention to, but... Yeah, I'm very scared for this offense to go up against uh, the Bears, especially if Nate Solder struggles over on the left side. Or even if we put Nick Gates out there, as much as I believe in the guy, it's going to be Cleo Mack going up against him. So it's going to be very, it's going to be an interesting game to watch this Giants offense, see how they're able to attack the Bears defense. And Saquon's playing, it's going to be even more interesting if he's just not the same. Now he's had two weeks of rest, maybe he's maybe he's fully healthy, I don't know. But it's just kind of this big question mark looming over this team. How healthy is Saquon? Because he made a huge impact. He made plays out of no plays. I mean, I put I put that highlight up the other day where at the end of the half, he gets 22 yards on a third and 23. The Giants go for it on a quick pass and kick a field goal. Um, shout out Aldrick Rosas making, making field goals uh, unlike he does this year. It's going to be a tough game for this offense. And with, that, with an unhealthy Saquon, I just – I don't see our offense moving that much. No, yeah, I, as you said, I, I was at that game and see what Saquon does. It was amazing. You had the the hurdle of Adrian Amos. Then you had, as you said, that twenty two yard run play that was when should have been nothing. It became made that game a totally different ball game for the Giants. So the, this offense could be very intrigued to see how the Bears attack him. Like, what what will the Bears do to try and throw Daniel Jones off his game? And, yeah, their corners, you got, what, Prince of Mukamara out there. So it's going to be interesting to see the Bears try and slow down the Giants' offense. I mean, which they'll probably do for at least the first quarter because the Giants' offense, they start off slow, but then they pick up steam, but then they lose that steam heading into the fourth quarter. So I'm intrigued to see if that trend continues or if the Giants can come out the gate hot and not look back. Well, but that's obviously all holding that the defense does their job, and that's hard nowadays to hope. Yeah, um, this is this is the first game where I didn't worry about the offense. On the defensive side, Trubisky is bad. 
and Bears fans and Bears, the Bears coaches know it. Now, there's some stuff that isn't his mistake, but besides Allen Robinson, he doesn't really have a real weapon on this team. They don't have anybody at tight end. Um, besides Allen Robinson as a receiver, none of those guys like Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, they're not doing much. Um, Tariq Cohen's a weapon, but they just haven't used him correctly at all this year, at least from you know what, what Bears people say. They uh, So this could be, I really see this game being similar to the Patriots game. I really do. And when I was, you know, when I was talking to Robert uh, a couple of days ago, you know, prepping for this, he's like, what's a Giants game like that would you think would best fit the Bears? I was like, honestly, man, I think your guys' offense is the most like similar to the Patriots because the Patriots' offense hasn't been really good this year. You know, obviously they're eight and one, and and I think they're going to figure it out eventually. But that game reminds me of this Bears' offense more than any other team. I mean, pick pick one offense that you could say the Bears were. Maybe maybe the Bills. Like, there's not another offense that you would really compare to this Bears' offense. Yeah, I I agree with that comparison, and I mean. I'm I'm just very intrigued because obviously we, uh, we're both in agreement that we both believe this hip injury was kind of like a hoax the Bears put out, right? Or is that just me? Maybe you'd think differently. Is that am I correcting your thinking? No, I agree with you. All right, so I'm intrigued to see how Mr. Bisky handles this Sunday coming out against like with all the drama he had this weekend with the so-called hip injury and well. And how the Giants are going to attack him? Obviously, I feel like they're going to be conservative, but I mean, I wouldn't mind the Giants said to actually blitzing Trubisky and try and throw him off his game and make and have Trubisky earn our respect. If we could blitz Trubisky and he's able to tear us up, then you go back into your old ways, be conservative because he's earned the respect. I believe Trubisky is not in the right mindset right now. We could take advantage of that if we send some blitzes, he'll make bad choices. So Trubisky playing this game, also you won last year with Chase Tr- Daniels. Trubisky's a head. Oh, Trubisky's a head case. He really is. Like he really is. We you know we talk about the intangibles and Daniel Jones like, and it's it's something I would love to talk about with guys like there is guys where it's just nothing bothers them and I don't understand that and you could tell you can tell about the way a guy can play quarterback by the way he plays basketball like if if there's guys who have to win they're not playing well their game changes they're not playing with confidence and then there's guys like Kobe who just don't care. No matter how bad they're playing, it's just let's pick up another shot. Let's jack up another shot. I don't care if they're double-teaming. And guys like Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, Brady, Peyton. Actually, I don't even I don't even know if I'd put Peyton in that category. It's just a weird category. But Trubisky is all the way on the other end where he's just a head case. Um, that being said, you said blitz him. Now, I do think you should blitz him, and I've been begging for the Giants to blitz more and James Betcher to blitz early. I actually would sit back and zone a little bit with Trubisky because he can't make reads. He's been inaccurate. His receivers don't run great routes. I actually think this is a game where the Giants could benefit from playing a little more zone. Um, and the Bears' offensive line isn't that good, so Golden can you know have a uh, some some game like some uh, good plays. So I actually would be cool with them sitting back on their heels a, a little bit. Uh, now if it if Trubisky starts out hot, then it's changed the game plan. But I actually wouldn't be fine. I'd be fine better playing a little more conservative in this one. Yeah, I, I, I heard, as you said, I believe that he's a head case, and I believe he's not in the right mindset right now to go out there and be the quarterback the Bears need him to be. So I want to go out there and take advantage of him. Now, I'm not saying your game plan's wrong because our defense is different from the Rams, and he could just go out there and easily light us up, and Bears fans' opinions will probably change on him if that does happen, which is which could be very likely. But 
I just don't believe he's in the right mindset to go out there and be the quarterback the Bears need him to be. So I'm very intrigued to see how he just goes out there and plays. Will he be reckless with it? Will he be conservative with it? Well, I just want to know his mindset that he's in right now. What's he thinking of going to Sunday if all the criticism he's had to deal with? Yeah, it's, it's this is a game where I just don't know what to expect. That being said, Danny, let's do our giant factors, baby. Danny, who is your giant factor for the Chicago Bears game? I know I said I won't believe he's playing until 1 o'clock on Sunday, but I'm saying Sterling Shepard because he is so important for this team, as we've talked about. He can get – he's the guy that teams just lose. He can get out there in the open. He's good in run blocking. If Saquon's healthy, he's able to jump it outside, just make good plays. He's good in the run block department. He's Daniel Jones. I believe he's Daniel Jones' favorite receiver next to Darius Slayton. Evan Ingram, we say it's a security blanket when he doesn't feel safe. So, Sterling Shepard, if he's out there, that's going to make this offense – so much better than it already is. It allow then that means we have oh I just I want to say we have everyone out there, but I forgot Ingram. We're both of the boat that he's probably not playing. But that'll benefit Tate. Shepard will benefit from Tate as well. It'll be like everyone like a mutualism relationship. Like everyone's benefiting from everyone being there. So Sterling Shepard is my giant factor because he makes this offense so much better. And maybe Pat Shermer, his play calling will maybe he'll feel better with his receivers out there if he has Shepard, Tate, and Slayton. Yeah, I, I think he is the best watcher in this team. He has the most consistent separation. He has the best catch per target rate. My giant factor, and this is a little plug because I didn't really do it in the, the before show, is Scott Simonson. Scott Simonson returns after his high ankle sprain against the Patriots on a touchdown in the preseason. Uh, he, you know, he was cut after that. He's been brought back. Now, even if Ellison and Ingram are healthy for this game, I think Simonson would still be my giant factor because as much as Caden Smith is young and maybe you should put Caden Smith out there to see what he is, he's not a better football player than Scott Simonson. Simonson really, like, he knows how to, like, seal an outside run block, and that's what the Giants haven't been able to do. It's not because Patrick was not calling it. because when he calls it, our tackles, and Ellison, when he's by himself, can't do that block. When you have two tight ends, that brings a DB into the box. It changes things. You bring slower guys out there, and – Simonson can run a decent route. He's not a great receiver. He's only got 10 career catches, but he knows how to run a decent route, uh, especially on like the, the block and release plays. Simonson can do that. I um, mean, when you got him paired with Ellison, it just changes it when it's out there with, with Ingram. So I wrote about it for Sports Illustrated and Patricia Trainer. It's on my profile. Go check it out. But Scott Simonson's got to be my giant factor for this week because he can help the Giants in their run game um, and their short yard is passing. Um, you know, bringing safeties up to help with big plays. I think Simonson really makes a bigger difference than than most people would think. And he already knows his playbook now, so there's no adjusting for him. So, and I mean, he made a huge play last year in that Bears game when he had Prince Mukamara on his back, but he made a huge catch. So, Scott Simonson, I agree with you. He's going to be a very important piece to this game, and that's a good choice for a Giants factor. Yeah, it it. it it really is a great choice, Danny. Congrats to me for doing such a great choice. Anyway, you're, you're so good at choosing. Oh, just the best at choice, choosing. All right, let's do game predictions, and we'll get out of here. Danny, what is your game prediction for the Bears? Don't ask me why, but serious game prediction right here. I feel like for some reason with how these teams are right now, it wouldn't shock you if this game comes down to Alder Grossas. I don't know why. Sons are telling me Alter Grossas is good. We're going to need him to go out there and That's kick a game, game win a field goal. Sons are telling me it's going to be Alter Grossas. So, but 
For the Giants, they're obviously going to crush the Bears. We're going to keep our playoff hopes alive because we're going on the magical run. Giants, 65, Bears, 0. I thought you were actually going to give a serious prediction, Danny. Do you Uh, want to? I'll give you a serious prediction as well. No, I just thought you were. Maybe that is your serious prediction. That's where you got to stick to your guns, Dame. Like, what are you talking about? I did give a serious prediction. Well, not because I, it's going to be Alder Gross. Alder Gross is kicking a game when it field goal. Book it now. You can bet on it. Don't bet on it. That would be a terrible idea. 65-0, Alder Gross game when it field goal. <laughs> hey, uh, you never know. All right, I'm going Giants 77, Bears 0, baby. It's Fuck, war we're going to get a serious back. prediction. We're back. Boom, boom, boom. We're back, baby. Danny, it's been a good show. Can I say something? We've. It's funny how we, me and you kind of get in our own little world. John Boyd Media has been wild these past two weeks with the cheating scandal with the Astros. Like we've been leading the way. I say we very loosely because me and you have nothing to do with it. <laughs> Our company has been le- like leading the way, but after Ken Rosenthal and the other guy that uh, wrote the article with the Athletic in this thing, it's pretty wild that like John Boyd was on uh, Boomer and Geo the other day. Like it's, yeah, it's kind of wild. Uh, I mean, I mean, ever since we joined John Boy Media, it really has changed. Like we, like it's before because that, of us. John Boy had like eleven thousand followers. The YouTube, we didn't have a YouTube. All of a sudden, we show up and things start changing for the better. I yeah. thought I just want to point that out. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's all us that started this trend. But also, I hopefully John Boy doesn't hear anything about the Giants with a situation because he'll expose us. I mean, he exposed the Astros. He's going to expose us. So hopefully the Giants aren't doing anything, or if they are, hopefully it doesn't get out to that John Boy can discover because he'll expose us, knowing him. I don't care how like much followers I'd gain. I want to expose the Giants. I want to. <laughs> don't expose want to do the it. expose like the Eagles or the Cowboys or something. They're they're doing something, knowing them. I actually, there are certain things I would expose the Giants for. Really bad things. Nothing on the field stuff. Anyways, I don't know why. Let's let, let's bring back the walkie-talkie Ben McAdoo scandal. Yeah. That was that was a heated scandal, man. Really, just <laughs> heating. Show Eli in the helmet. Wait, what happened to this Eli in the helmet scandal? Remember his, that? I mean, his game worn jerseys. That game worn jersey, game-worn. whatever it was that that guy's complaining about. Yeah, they settled. I, I, we're all talking about that. We don't want to bring light to that. We're, we want to remember Eli. Philip Rivers, you <laughs> suck. Yeah, Philip right. Rivers, stop throwing the ball deep. You suck, Philip Rivers. Yeah, just go deep. Yeah, right, <laughs> Philip Rivers. Anyways. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Monday with the best wrap-up show. We won't block you if we disagree with you. That had me fired up this week. Shout out Frank the Tank. Let's go big blue.